0: Welcome to Bad Movie Brunch. I'm Luke. I'm Katie. And it is hot. Um, <laughs> and I was just discussing how I'm drinking a smoothie, which it should be refreshing, but in all actuality, it's making my mouth so thick. Like my, mm-hmm. I've, I feel di- I feel disgusting. So I might have to leave and get a, a thinner drink to to make sure my voice is as chocolatey as normal. But <laughs> um, yeah uh katie what's up in your world in the wubblest world of of katie Grotzinger?
1: uh i have been continuing to do some research for a couple of projects and my wonderful brother of all things he sent me a a care package of bts material oh my god
0: so i now
1: own a bts pillowcase uno cards (laughs) and the unofficial fan book which i just finished this weekend and i gotta say k-pop is deep there's a lot of like intense intricacies like i know that we think our stuff is really manufactured and intense yeah but like k-pop is on an entirely different level like they all spend a year like going to trainee camps before they can even be debuted to the public good lord and these boys their lives are like absolutely documented and i also didn't know that like the majority of them are like our age i always thought they were like in their early 20s they but definitely they were, like, look young they in look their super late young. 20s yeah
0: mm-hmm. um are these the boys that are like fighting for social change
1: yes oh good these for are them the, those boys yeah Because like, yeah. I, I don't they, know they i like know dudes. jack
0: i know i know jack shit sorry to interrupt you about like uh bts but i was like or, or k-pop uh but mm-hmm. i've heard i've heard about these guys they seem good
1: <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah so that's what's been up with me how about you man
0: uh uh ugh, all sorts of stuff i mean not really because i'm like like i mentioned before shep's gone until uh wedding time which is really just me with the cats they're amazing companions um they got they got some i mean they, don't, they never leave their home but they mm-hmm. had all of a sudden they have a bit of a flea issue. So. Oh, weird. Yeah. And I think it's probably got to be me and Taylor's fault. There's this, uh, cause I mean, they're, they're infallible beings. Bug and Willoughby <laughs> are just perfect little boys. But I think that's because there's this, this cat, this like cat that roams all around the area around my place. That's gray. Mm-hmm. It's a gray and white cat that I call gray and white cat. And, mm-hmm. uh, It it always comes up and wants love, and I've been giving it love. I don't do it anymore because I think maybe it was my fault. But there was also a dog that lived uh, in the area that always came up to our door and hung out. And Taylor always pet that. So it's either me with gray and white cat or Taylor with this other dog. Um, Mm -hmm. That being said, this is a lesson that you don't cheat on your animals. Um, I'm sorry, your your boys run well. (laughs) They're doing okay. You know, I gave them baths. And put them in flea collars, and they seem much happier. Um, oh, good. I think I think I think we figured it out quick. I pay a lot of I pay I feel like I pay a lot of attention to them. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe maybe more than I should at times. Um, and then other t- I mean yeah I don't know I I wouldn't say I'm neglect a neglectful owner, but I feel like one because they have fleas. So, mm. it definitely is like I have to imagine this is probably how parents feel like when they're when their child has like a fever or something um and they just know there's nothing they can do but it's actually not that way because that's this is probably my fault um I, I didn't think we were gonna go down this road i just keep looking at the cats and, I, and that's what i'm thinking of so <laughs> other than that uh i watched the i one night this week i watched the dark knight trilogy in its entirety um oh nice i was like why not so i just watched you know it back to back to back uh that shit rocks that shit holds up and i appreciate it even further. For like standing and standing and being like, nah, we'll just be very very much like our own universe. There's not really openings for, for that to, to be anything else but a Batman universe, and I really like that. Like Batman being mm-hmm. the lone hero in that entire world is pretty fucking cool. Um and you know, there there was it's just interesting to see how distinctly different they all are. Like the first one is definitely, you can feel some studio calls, but for the most part, it's Nolan doing an amazing origin. It doesn't get better, uh, much better than that origin. And then dark Knight is just like a distinctly different film, you know, like sort of the Mm -hmm. empire strikes back. The one that people point to as like, you know, uh, an ultimate example of a sequel outdoing uh, its predecessor or the original or whatever you want to call it. And then, Rises is like they do the thing where it probably is a completely different movie if Heath Ledger doesn't pass away and mm-hmm. um if, you know, Nolan uh I, I I don't know any of this to be fact, but I, I I thought I heard that like by the third Dark Knight Nolan was kinda like, Fuck, I really am kinda cool on this. Um, but maybe I made that up. Uh but like the but the fact that that movie also like still kind of stands on its own, and the fact that they like are like fuck it, we'll make it eight years later. And it'll deal with the ramifications long term from like the the grand ending of Dark Knight and stuff. I I thought that was a good call. Weirdly, I always hate mm-hmm. time time jumps, but in this one, I was like, I'm okay that this is eight years later. It's kind of sick, and it makes it like they all make it so. You can sit down and watch one of them individually if you if you want. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of uh, a lot of MCU movies don't. I mean, a lot of them do, but some of them don't necessarily jive as well with uh, just sitting down and popping on if you don't know all the other things that tie into certain stuff. You know, just because it's also mm-hmm. biblical, it's all like fucking chapter one verse two of Captain Marvel relates to uh, fucking. Tony Stark, verse 1, Psalm 11, uh, in Iron Man 1, that sort of deal. So, for, from for all that's to say, I guess the Dark Knight trilogy is pretty good. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I also finished, I finished season 3 of Daredevil. I must have not watched this shit. I must have only got a couple of episodes in when it aired a couple years ago, because season 3 of Daredevil is fucked up. It's so fucked up. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. Um... They do Bullseye, and he's, like, just a total, like, psychopath. Um, a very interesting not Colin Farrell take. Um, mm. And it's just...
1: He's not a cartoon like Colin Farrell was. No,
0: no, but he is a little bit, because, like, you can't be that goony of... Like, can't have that goony of a skill just being able to throw stuff and not be. But he's totally scary. Like, they do mm-hmm. a cool origin for him and make him just a real, like, American psycho. And then uh, Fisk is just back, back, baby. Just playing chess when everybody's playing checkers, and like, oh fuck, this is what I wanted to tell you. Sorry, I'm rambling. Then I'll be done, and we'll talk about what we're fucking here to talk about. But <laughs> they did something so fucked, and I don't expect you're gonna get to season three of Daredevil anytime in the immediate future. Mm-hmm. The uh, they reveal who Ma- who Matt's mom is, and it's this nun who uh, who uh, it was like working at the like you know at the church when he was a boy orphan living there or whatever. So like kind of took care of him as a kid and him and the, her and the priest or his dad never fucking told Matt that that was who his mom was. And so then like at the beginning of season three of daredevil, like he's back and he's like ostensibly dead from the end of defenders. He had like a building dropped on him. Uh, And so Mm -hmm. people think he is dead and he's getting like nursed back by sister Maggie And then, fucking, he just, he finds out, like, in the, like, back half of season three that it's his mom, and he's like, it's so fucked. And he, like, (laughs) he's like, he's like, I'm gonna fucking kill Fisk. I'm done with this. My, the priest Mm -hmm. lied to me. Everybody lies to me. You knew it could have changed. It's just, like not it's so grim and the reason that they like the reason that they put it on netflix makes so much sense because they're like we're gonna make fucking nothing go good for matt murdoch fuck everybody in his life especially him fuck them all they're all so tragic and their lives fucking suck and uh uh that doesn't really jive in spider-man far from home or like anything like that uh you can't really be like peter parker just watched his friend get her head stomped in and like this person i don't know I, i'm not gonna keep going but katie <laughs> quest for Cam- quest for camelot
1: <laughs> oh okay okay we're switching it up yes quest for camelot
0: i'm done talking talk talk <laughs> the rest of the episode it's yours now the floor is yours
1: Okay. Um, I'm just kidding. I I thoroughly enjoyed that. I'm glad that you're enjoying Daredevil. But Quest for Camelot is a movie that I've always been vaguely aware of, but I've never actually seen. So there is a complete nostalgia removal for me when it comes to this film, because like, it's one of those that I think I remember seeing at Blockbuster and being like, this isn't a Disney movie, but never actually checked out. Yeah. I put it in the same category as The Swan Princess, probably.
0: Anastasia.
1: yeah, Anastasia. But Anastasia rips where this movie doesn't.
0: Okay. Ooh, interesting. Okay, I'm so fucking... Okay, so I've been curious the whole time what your take on this flick is. Because like I'm like, oh, it's animation. Katie's going to love it. She loves it. She's obsessed with it. It's her favorite movie. Oh, no,
1: no, it's <laughs> it's really bad. And and it's it's really weird because like everything is bad. The characters' designs are bad. The the songs are really horrible. The coloring is really bad. The animation is really awkward. There's a dragon character that has two heads and the way that he walks looks utterly ridiculous. They give the the main bad guy an eye twitch that I think is supposed to be comical but just comes off like an animation error. And it just nobody's likable the love story they totally fumble um it's just bad everything about it is bad and like the one thing that i looked up that i found when i was looking into it that people do really like about this movie there's this one song called prayer or a prayer and i think celine dion did a version of it and it won like a golden globe and it was nominated for best original song but in the film itself it's they position it at probably the most inopportune time to have a beautiful song like that. Like they have it playing over a chase sequence. So it's just like from start to finish, everything is completely mismanaged.
0: I will tell you that I fully agree in that fucking every song to me felt misplaced. I was like, this should not be a musical. None of the songs worked for me. Not a single one. Um, Mm -hmm. I hate to come out swinging out of the gate like this, but you got me charged up. You know, it's like, Mm -hmm. yeah i I, every time they like cut to a song it really felt out of place uh and i'm and i'm all i'm always going and trying to like like this um always trying to like the flicks we watch for the show and um i i i was i every time every time they broke into a musical like even though there were some of the songs that like i didn't necessarily dislike they just felt like they kept coming out of nowhere um so I, i i i was really that was what stuck out the absolute most to me. Um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, the the thing I will maybe go to bat for, or at least want to hear your thoughts about, is well. For, actually, let me ask you: Do you know what year this came out?
1: Nineteen ninety-eight.
0: Okay, because I want I fucking so rent it. Yeah, I
1: rented.
0: Mm-hmm. I rented it on YouTube, and it kept saying two thousand eight, and I go, no way. I remember this. This is a. This is a, a, a tape you find at Goodwill or at your babysitter's mm-hmm. house. <laughs> Um, I, I know I'd seen it around, but I will say, 4.98 in four animated features was this theatrical or VHS only?
1: Theatrical. Okay.
0: Wow. So it's like for a theatrical release. I think it is. It is interesting of them to put uh, a female uh, in the lead role who's not necessarily as damselly as like some of the Disney classics um and also to have i I, when they introduced her love interest i did not care for it i was like oh gross but then i realized the fact that the love story and the main characters of the movie become uh a female lead and then uh a blind man i'm like you know that's that's pretty um that's pretty interesting representation like a strong choice to to make um, and not something you were seeing uh, from the from the the big powerhouses of animation, and, and still aren't. They aren't doing that. Um, mm-hmm. And what an interesting thing that must have been for kids that are exactly our age who were who were growing up. And it's like Luke, they're blind. They didn't watch the movie. Sure, but like that, I, I understand. But the fact that that is existing in the in the medium in the mainframe, and they have something else uh uh like representing them in media aside from you know daredevil which you know i love um Mm -hmm. like another like heroic character who doesn't need help necessarily who's very independent he's like he's like tarzan-esque the way he kind of like is able to like control not control but you know the way he like kind of like works around the forest and whatnot kind of the daredevil of camelot um or whatever so So I, I was, I, I will say that like, if I was going to go to bat for anything, um, that's my, that's my horseshoe, like in my back pocket. That's like the, the trick up my sleeve is to say good representation, uh, from your main characters. Um, if, if only the one gleam, like glimmer of silver lining, uh, around the, the stormy, stormy cloud.
1: I do think that this movie had pure intentions for sure, but I think that the in- execution was kind of clumsy. I think that they were very comfortable with Garrett, the blind character. He comes off as very capable, and yeah. uh, it is tragic that he uh, he was knocked in the head by a horse
0: yeah. during he night was, like, training. Freeing wasn't he like freeing horses from a burning barn and stuff? Like he's already a hero, and that's like. A heroic act is the thing that blinds him, and then they're like, yeah, here he is, and he's not defined by being blind, not one bit. Like, mm-hmm. that's 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 cool to me. I'm into that. But again, maybe it's because I'm mainlining Daredevil. But I, I don't I,
1: think that they were comfortable with Kaylee, though. I feel like the people that were behind writing this movie really didn't know what to do with her. Because I think that the intent was to have a strong female protagonist, and then they just didn't. She's always running away. She's not very action oriented, and she wants to be a knight, but that's never explored beyond sure. her relationship with her father. And she's knighted at the very end, but I didn't know. I didn't expect that to happen.
0: Yeah, and I it didn't seems either.
1: Like, Garrett was much more the hero in this movie than she was, which is really disappointing. Because I it do is. think that they set out to create a like girl power esque movie
0: totally like the front half of that flick or at least the first like 20 minutes it definitely seems like you're setting her up to be sort of like kind of like Rey in star wars to give it a comparison mm-hmm. or like you know like i can handle it i'm it, like i'm i may be a girl but i can kick some ass and it's not the traditional cinderella or sleeping beauty um and it's it definitely has like a, a feel of Yes, I don't. You know, like it's so hard for me not to compare everything to Disney. It's so hard for me not to, uh, just because I'm a big fan. But even if I, even if I did, like, because everybody else is too. Let's be honest. Um, mm-hmm. They're probably sitting there being like, "We have an opportunity to make it not that." Do you think that the writers or the filmmakers wanted it, and the studio said no, or is it just a matter of like, I mean, it's all, it's all what we surmise. But um, this is coming out at around a time where you know it's right before mulan i think or right around the same time um Mm. and they were doing like some like disney was starting to figure out and making making some kick-ass ladies quote unquote um Mm. but still that's a big stride for this and you're right if they would have stuck with it that could have been huge and maybe made the movie uh stand more of the test of time but apparently it is standing the test of time because you're right it exists to some people. I've never the fuck, I've, I've never seen it, but Taylor was like, Taylor was like, oh, I used to love that movie when I mentioned we were watching it. So it was there for people.
1: I guess. And it really blew up on Netflix because like I. Damn it. I was it on Netflix? With something. Yeah. That's fuck. where I watched it. I paid for oh, it. God Did you rent damn it. it. Oh, what a fool. I'm
0: sorry, Luke. Oh, it's all right. <laughs> I have like
1: you'd it's think like one of the when top you, ones
0: when you google a movie it usually shows all the me- like mediums you can stream it and it did not show Netflix I,
1: I think they've stopped doing that for some reason oh my god what's wrong I, with this world I had to really hunt for it these days as well like I okay. we had to individually check the different well, places
0: YouTube rocks they deserve my four bucks it's not a big deal and the movie deserves it this is research
1: mm-hmm don't uh, don't
0: apologize to me i'll pay i'll pay i would have paid fucking 50 bucks to watch Ca- quest for camelot <laughs> mm-hmm. i love a flick um but i don't love the songs i can't stress that enough that's i didn't oh, mind yeah, the animation i i didn't mind it but you know you oh, know it's so, so much bad though you know so much more about it than me i don't know man like i i must know what's good because i like good stuff but i must not know what's bad because i was like sitting there like this is okay um so, you need to educate me. What is bad about it? Oh, you already did. The eye twitching and, like, all that other stuff. It's um, just very
1: clunky. It, it also, from the bones of the story, it's based off of a novel from 1978 that had rape in it. And they really had to tone Jesus. it down for a general audience. Yeah. And uh, they changed a whole bunch of stuff about it. Good. I was reading the summary on Wikipedia. So, right away, I think that it's late in the sense that, like, there's this big, huge boom of fantasy in the 70s and 80s. And this movie came out in 1998, which I think is another strike against it. And it just it just feels totally out of place. Like, it really right, like, wanted to be Disney.
0: Disney did Sword in the Stone, right? Like, didn't yeah, they already, like, Black corner that market?
1: Well, uh, if you, like, stuff like Nelvana had, uh, wait, was it not? Ralph Bakshi did, uh, oh gosh, uh, Lord of the Rings, the animated one. Oh, yeah. I think that was either in the late 70s or early 80s. Mm-hmm. And Nelvana, who did like, um, I guess rock and Rule is more of a, well, it's definitely rock based, but it's also pretty fantasy. If I recall, they did a number of uh, fantasy fi- um, projects at the time. There was like, oh, and heavy metal. Heavy metal was... Um, in the 80s. Okay. So that was happening then. And I feel like maybe this project was in development for a long time. And then when they were finally able to go for it, that probably had to be disney And that probably is one of the reasons why it feels so clumsy. Okay, the, that makes so biggest, much sense. Yeah. The dragon especially feels very odd to me. Because it seems like they absolutely wanted the genie. But, um... The genie is charming and these dragons are never charming. This two-headed dragon.
0: No, never. the dragons were like they were they felt like they sort of reminded me of wanting to be like Robin Williams in Fern Gully mm, or like mm-hmm. something like that. And yeah, or they also kind of look like Max and Max and Weezy or whatever on Dragon Tales, which is also around that oh, same yeah. time period, which Mac- Max and Max and Weezy are hilarious and charming. Mm-hmm. So, and like have very defined distinct personalities and their brother and sister and stuff. It's a good it's a good character background whereas these guys yeah, they feel like they're in a different movie for sure.
1: And they they have like a weird incest thing that happens twice. Um yeah. there's a mention that they're the product of incest and then they kiss once and they almost kiss again, which is very bizarre like in general, but especially for a kids film.
0: Yeah, I have it right here in my notes. We not to mention we have a male on male dragon kiss mm-hmm yeah that was weird um and i will say uh even my untrained eye animation wise noticed that like in the third act or whatever when we're with like when we get to like the sword and some crazy shit they go like cgi on the landscape moving and mm-hmm. it looks it doesn't look good but i was attributing that to the time period that's a swing like mm-hmm. cgi wasn't soup it was expensive as hell right like toy story yeah. was 95 and that was the first ever only cgi right feature yeah so mm-hmm. i don't blame them but it's also yeah you know when you say that if they, it's been in uh, development for a long time that makes a ton of sense because i'm sitting there watching it going okay uh this was for my child my childhood my our age group or whatever our peers what kid gives a fuck about like knights of the round table shit in King Arthur's court. Do you, did you, I sure as hell did. No, and maybe that's why it's all. 20 I, years late. Cause like I'm bored as shit watching this movie. Like I, I have nothing to cling to story wise. And mm-hmm. that's probably why it didn't exist in my, in my zeitgeist as a kid in the first place. So I, mm-hmm. I don't give a shit about King Arthur shit. I do not even see, I didn't even see the, the Charlie Hunnam movie and I love him. Okay. <laughs> so uh <laughs> I watched Lost City of Zed and I didn't watch the <laughs> watch the other one. Um Oof. Lost City of Zed rocked. I was thinking about it the other day. I was like, should I watch that again? Should I go down that road? I remember making me feel really uncomfortable. <laughs> Sometimes you gotta. Yeah. Sometimes you gotta be like, What if I were like traveling and like and, and like met a bunch of cannibals? Scary times. So
1: I do think that this movie does, it is, it's very clear what the goal is. The goal is to get the sword of uh, King Arthur and bring it back to him and to defeat this evil guy who's clearly evil from the beginning named Ruber. I like that that's very clear. I like, again, as you said, I like the blind love interest. I like that the forest, the forbidden forest is for some reason for gullying everywhere and skittering. Yeah, skittering.
0: I, Always skittering.
1: I, I like the the axe chicken that's voiced by Jaleel White. Yeah. I think that's kind of fun. But as a whole, I would say that this movie is definitely, uh, the, the, the weaknesses are much more apparent than the strengths.
0: Unfortunately.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Unfortunately. And, I you know, that's not to say that um, it matters because if it's really, like you say, crushing ass on Netflix, good for it. Good for it sticking around, even if it's a nostalgia factor. If if somebody's mm-hmm. watching, if somebody's watching Break in uh, twenty years, holy shit! So, I I I'm I, I have to assume if you're, you know, part of that filmmaking team, you got to be still taking pride in that. Uh, mm-hmm. Whether or not me and you think it's garb, <laughs> which you know, make your own judgment don't rent it on youtube Mm -hmm. though kids fucking watch it on netflix (laughs) watch it on netflix for free don't be a don't be a sheep i'm such a Mm -hmm. sheep man Bah. but what else is up anything else to say about the flick uh
1: no i think that's about it for my end
0: yeah i mean like i i'm i'm thrilled you picked it i'm i will say i'm surprised that i'm surprised you hadn't seen it just because I always, yeah. I, I, I associate you, if there's an animated thing on a television, Katie's seen it, you know?
1: Well, I try to keep up with things, but there, I do have some major blind spots. I've never seen Bolt. Um, I Bolt? Uh, never saw Home on the Range. Yeah.
0: I never saw Bolt. Dude, you want to know something interesting? We should watch Home on the Range for the show because um, uh, Doug Okey, who played Unk in Break, uh his brother uh works for disney and worked on home on the range get out i swear in what I capacity s- i think he works like in the art department
1: oh dope
0: yeah i, I th- but like you know i'd have to i'd have to research it i'm sure i sound like an ignorant fool because i can't name it off the tip of my tongue but i know for a fact that he is associated <laughs> with home on the range
1: coolio yeah i'd be down to watch that sometime
0: yeah bro is it on disney plus it's gotta be right
1: i haven't checked but i imagine it probably is
0: can i tell you what disappoints me most about what's and it's hard it's hard because disney plus is full of great content but what disappoints me most in the catalog that's not on there right now Mm -hmm. i'm fucking craving i'm craving to watch buzz lightyear of star command
1: Oh yeah That like, was really fun
0: And I, I want to watch the flick Because I don't remember it So then I can watch the show And be filled in properly With the official pilot mm-hmm. or whatever But I did Speaking of YouTube Somebody And I hope it doesn't get taken down Has like most of the episodes Like ripped from Disney Channel uh, mm-hmm. So if I have to go down that road I will But I don't want to Disney I do not want to Mm-hmm. Um, I would love to pay for them. <laughs> so like, that's my plea. Is like, if they would put that show on Disney Plus. Oh, and the Weekenders. Do you remember that one?
1: Oh, I love the Weekenders. I fucking
0: loved the Weekenders. It's so charming. Dude. Yeah, it was a delight, and it made me like. I loved that they went to a different pizza place every episode, and mm-hmm. like, or that it always changed every week. I couldn't tell what the difference was, but that was dope. It was a cute show. Wayne Brady did the theme song.
1: Mm-hmm. I remember then, the first time you told me that. I think it was on the show, and that totally blew my mind. Oh, that's yeah. so funny.
0: Um, And then the other one I was thinking of—this uh, is not as big of a deal as Weekenders, and certainly not as big of a deal as Buzz Lightyear. But um, did you remember? Do you remember Lloyd in the Space?
1: Oh yeah, of course. It's uh, I, that show is created by the same team that created Recess.
0: Oh, that's fucking awesome. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. Lloyd in Space was pretty rad. I get down with it. But Proud Family is on there right now, and I've been getting down with that.
1: Oh, yeah, that's Um, because they're making a new one. Oh, my God.
0: Are you kidding? They're making a new season of Proud Family?
1: Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they're getting as much of the original cast as they can.
0: Oh, my God. Do you know Puff Smokey Smoke from Joanna Man is Oscar Proud? Really? Yeah.
1: Oh, that's awesome.
0: (laughs) I know. (laughs) Um good lord man that's so exciting that show is timeless it holds up like crazy it holds mm-hmm. up like crazy like the episodes are so good still <laughs> um i'm not saying anything you don't know but if, if there's anybody who hasn't got down on proud family recently you're ripe for a rewatch. put it on
1: mm-hmm.
0: anything else you're watching katie i know i know that you're a, a busy gal
1: I, uh, I, well, I've been working, I finished, um, I did a lot of busy work this week, and as I was doing it, I was listening to, uh, first I listened to all of Mau Mau, uh, Heroes of Pure Heart, which is currently airing on Cartoon Network, and that show centers on this, uh, Cat Sheriff and his friends Badger Clops and Adorabat as they fight crime in this, like, Care Bears-esque universe, and it's this nice um, juxtaposition because he's clearly such a violent character or he's meant to be in a more violent show, but the show takes place in, again, like a Care Bear-esque place where instead of, like, the, the, the denizens are called, like, Sweetie Pies and stuff like that. <laughs> and he, like, like it's it's hard for him to be there, especially because he wants so badly to be, like, this, like, really intense action hero. But he also has, like, a great sense of honor and he, like in the first episode he messes up the thing that's supposed to protect them so now he protects them and i really like that show i think it's very sweet and clever and i've also been watching or i've also been listening to the ducktales uh, reboot which is oh, very clever yeah and it's i think that's yes that is on disney plus hell yeah and um i i want to love it so bad and and it's it's brilliantly written i think it's very clever but i haven't fallen in love with it the way that i have with mau mau Mm. and i think i think that it picks up in the second season so i think that that's when i'll start to be like oh okay but like i would definitely recommend it for sure uh i think that it's wonderful the acting's all great they got like a A -A a-list cast and it's just a lot of fun and they really play with the characters and it's really like they they pull things from different parts of like um like the three caballeros are in oh episode and the I love the season. three caballeros their Donald's college band is the way that Scrooge describes it which is pretty sweet and oh, so cool. it's, it's really fun I think that you'd really enjoy it you
0: probably just sold me on the caballeros alone mm-hmm. I mean that oh that's rad um is it what is it that you think is is making you not necessarily fall as hard were you a huge uh, OG DuckTales fan
1: no, it's not that. It's just that, so, this show, that there's a certain number of shows that Disney has put out since the ending of Gravity Falls that I think are supposed to fill the Gravity Falls void, and um, no show has done it quite yet, and I think that they thought that this was a mystery show that we get people really hooked and really interesting, interested the way that that did, but there's not really, like, puzzles to chew on. It's not, they, they don't really plant things that make the mystery more interesting. It's just like that they'll, and I think that the reason is because that they want you to be able to watch the episodes out of order. There is a through line, but it's not as, which I guess, I guess it's just I just don't find the mystery very appealing.
0: Sure, because sure. it's
1: supposed to be uh, what happened to their mom and then they kind of figure out in the ending of the the first season and find out something about her. And then I think it's supposed to pick up in the second season, but I haven't gotten there yet. But I know that they there's this emotional moment where they use the, the, uh, the moon theme from the NES video game uh, in Fuck a very yes. emotional sequence and gave it lyrics. So I know people were very pumped about that, but I haven't gotten there yet. Wow. I, I just want to be more emotionally invested in the mystery and with the characters discovering it.
0: Sure. No, I mean, th- I, that makes total sense. I, I've been thinking about, um, you know, because Disney is king of rebooting their own IP, and I don't necessarily blame them because if you own shit that makes ton of money, keep doing it uh, until it stops. I don't, I mean, I don't blame them one bit. And Nostalgia is a hell of a drug. Um, I will say one thing that I grew to really enjoy in terms of their redoing stuff cartoon-wise is did you watch any of, like, the newer Mickey Mouse shorts they did, like, in the past, like, five years? oh maybe yeah five, they're ten hilarious years. they're so fucking oh my god I feel like I'm cursing a lot this episode they're so funny man like and I, I um I remember when I first saw those animations, and it, maybe it was like 2013 they came out I can't remember mm-hmm. but I remember being like a little bit like oh that that's that's a take um but I really like them I've been watching them I think they're I think they're super funny and like super like fresh so I enjoy it um Definitely want to get down on these ducktails. Definitely want to, uh, I feel like there was one other thing. Oh, I undersold, uh, passages from elsewhere or I'm sorry. Fuck. What is it called? Dispatches from elsewhere. I Mm under, I undersold it like a motherfucker to you because one of the main reasons I wanted to tell you about it, even in the first place was because you were, uh, uh, what do you call it? A game master. What did you do?
1: (laughs) Yes, I uh helped people solve puzzles in one of those escape rooms. That was my job. I was called a game master in Chicago for Fox in the Box.
0: This shit is that come to life. Really? Yes, that's what's happening here. It is a it is a it is a citywide real life and you're not sure if it's real and what's not real and it's very trippy, but that's what it is. Is they're playing this game and that's the kind of game it is. And they're like finding all these clues and stuff. It's like Oh, it's deep shit, uh, and that uh, i mer- I got I got so in like intrigued to tell you about it because I'm like Jason Siegel's back, Andre 3000, Sally Field made me cry. They have a trans character in one of the main roles. it's is amazing. And then I was like, oh, but I'm not really describing the story, and that's what's going down, man. And that's why I thought you'd really flip. So I'm glad I remembered.
1: <laughs> awesome. I I was very intrigued the last time you brought this up, but I didn't write it down, and I just wrote it down this time. So I'll look, I'll remember to look into
0: it. Yeah, man, it's really weird. I'm like, I think I'm on like episode seven of ten, um, but I can only take it in bites because it does trip my head out a little. And it's a mo, it's like, there's some emotional weight to like every episode. It's it's doing some some interesting work on TV that uh, no other sh- no other show I can point to is doing. It's not the best show on TV because that's Watchmen or was Watchmen, <laughs> but uh, very impressed.
1: Very nice. But. With that being said,
0: I've been Luke Taylor.
1: (laughs) I've been Katie Grotzinger.
0: And you have a good one, folks.